Cosmic Attunement, Christian Bernard, FRC. Christian Bernard has served as the imperator of the Rosicrucian Order Amorc since 1990. In this article, which is an excerpt from his book entitled So Mote It Be, Imperator Bernard leads us through a meditation attuning with the creation around us and the energy within us. The expression cosmic attunement, well known to members of the ancient and mystical order Rosae Crucis, represents the state of consciousness that all Rosicrucians must achieve permanently and definitely if they want to know forever the peace profound of the Rose Qua. In the chapter entitled, Peace Profound, I explain that it is impossible to experience this state if we have not achieved peace of body, heart, and soul. On the other hand, we cannot calm our body, heart, and soul if we do not live in consonance with cosmic harmony. To have a better understanding of what cosmic harmony is, we need first to consider the two words. The word harmony in its broadest sense, reveals the connection uniting separate elements into a coherent, balanced, and organic whole. Thus, we may refer to geometrical harmony, which connects four distinct points on a single straight line, to poetic harmony, which puts words together into a fine speech, to the color harmony, which emanates from colored lines and surfaces that we take pleasure in contemplating, to sculptural harmony, seen in well-proportioned forms, and to the musical harmony which we perceive in a melodious series of sounds. What can be found in all instances is a definite harmonic relationship that connects points, words, colors, forms, or musical notes. From the foregoing, it is easy to understand that cosmic harmony is based upon the relationship which human beings must establish between themselves and the cosmic in a coherent, balanced, and organized manner. There does exist, however, a great difference between cosmic harmony and those that I have just mentioned. When we contemplate paintings at an art exhibition or listen to a beautiful musical rendition, we can attune ourselves passively with the beauty of what we see or hear. In other words, being neither the artist nor the musician, we can be content with being the observer of the harmony of colors or sounds that are presented to us. In the case of cosmic harmony, it is a different matter. For every hour of the day and all through our life, we cannot be satisfied with just being the spectator to the relationship that unites us with God. Suppose that the great masters of art or music had been content with being the passive observers of all the inspiration flashing into their consciousness. Suppose, too, that they had limited themselves to holding in their minds all the works they could create. It is easy to understand what would have been the result of such passivity. Humanity would never have had the opportunity to contemplate or listen to their works objectively, nor feel the positive emotions which they engender within the hearts of everyone. The same applies to cosmic harmony. We cannot be satisfied with waiting passively for the positive effects it may have upon us. This does not mean that we should never devote quiet periods to examining ourselves, to listening to ourselves, and generally speaking, to being the observer of ourselves. Indeed, we must set time aside regularly to energize the bond that unites us with God. 
It is not only if this condition is met that we shall become a living expression, not of a mathematical, literary, artistic, sculptural, or musical harmonic relationship, but of a relationship with cosmic harmony. And since humans must make the rapport uniting them with God a living and dynamic one, they must have a clear idea of what the cosmic is, and they must know how to attune with it. Attempting to define the cosmic amounts to trying to define the undefinable. However, we must never lose sight of a point that I would like to emphasize. It concerns that which both unites and differentiates God from the cosmic. The cosmic is not God. Understanding this distinction is essential to experiencing cosmic harmony. From a Rosicrucian standpoint, God is the energy that is at the origin of all that is whereas the cosmic is this energy in action. In other words, God is the creative universal force, and the cosmic is the creation, both visible and invisible. This distinction shows that, even though it is impossible to unite directly with God as an incarnated being, the same does not apply when it comes to the cosmic. We cannot attune with the divine power whence all creation proceeds, for even the most evolved human being on this earthly plane cannot look upon the face of God. This is the reason why the Kabbalah has always placed God beyond what it calls the three veils of a negative existence, that is, outside the boundaries of human understanding. On the other hand, humanity has at its disposal all physical, psychic, and spiritual faculties which enable it to attune with God's creation whether visible or invisible. If we wish to experience cosmic harmony consciously, we must establish a conscious rapport between ourselves and cosmic creation, both visible and invisible. The means to establish this conscious relationship is, of course, cosmic attunement. There are two distinct but complementary methods for achieving this attunement. The first consists in attuning ourselves with the creation that is external to us, in other words, with the macrocosm. We may call the state of consciousness resulting from this attunement macrocosmic attunement. The second method is based upon an attunement with the creation within us. In other words, the microcosm. We may call this state of harmony microcosmic attunement. We shall now explain in more detail each of these two methods of cosmic attunement. As I just mentioned, macrocosmic attunement consists in attuning with the world around us. This form of attunement must elevate us, in the true sense of the word, towards higher planes of consciousness. By this I mean that it must correspond to what many mystical and esoteric traditions refer to as celestial ascent. To understand this method clearly, the best way is to practice it by means of a visualization that will illustrate this principle and stimulate the faculties which the soul uses in such an extension of consciousness. I therefore suggest that you perform the following experiment. Imagine that you are on a vast beach alongside the ocean. This beach is deserted and as you strongly wish to commune with everything around you, you sit upon it, facing the ocean. You enjoy this mystical solitude with all your heart and soul and you allow your being to attune with everything you can see and hear. You are sitting rather far from the shore and for a while 
You fix your gaze upon the great stretch of sand separating you from the nearest waves. As you contemplate this vast stretch of sand and the thousands of grains composing it, you think about the history of this beach and all the geological upheaval it has silently witnessed. How long did it take for natural laws to fashion this spot into the immense beach that it is today? What amount of energy did the cosmic intelligence need to expend so as to offer such a spectacle to us? What will this stretch of sand be like many centuries from now? What kind of humanity will this beach know then? These are a few of the unanswered questions you are asking yourself and which, in a state of deep communion, you ask this shore of sand. As you contemplate this beach and attune with the consciousness of each of the grains of sand composing it, you hear the crashing of the waves on the shore. Then you look at the immensity of the ocean. The water has a soothing color, a color that you like and which no artist could reproduce on canvas with as much purity and life. Just as millions of grains of sand compose the beach upon which you are sitting, millions of drops of water compose the ocean upon which you are gazing. Where do they come from? What shores have they known? From what world do they draw the strength that makes this ocean mighty? How can we pierce the secrets they carry within their watery consciousness? Confounded by so many mysteries, you then attune with this vast expanse of water, the sight of which you cannot stop admiring. As you are thus communing with earth and water, you feel the wind caressing your face. This light breeze is infinitely gentle and invites you to lift your eyes above the ocean towards the horizon, for it is in the open sea that it was born. Then your gaze loses itself between the water and the sky, and you fancy that you hear in the wind the answer to all the questions you were asking yourself as you gazed upon the sand of the earth and the water of the ocean. With your vision lost in the air of the open sea, you listen to the answer of the wind and attune with it. With your gaze lost between the water and the sky, you feel the inner need to look toward the sun. It is not blinding, for it has already begun its descent towards the sea a few hours ago. You marvel at the sight of it. It alone knows the history of the world. It alone sees all the peoples arise. It alone sees them fall asleep. It alone hears them laugh or cry. It alone will be able to recognize you when, after departing this earth, you reincarnate somewhere else, perhaps in another country, but a country where it will shine in all its magnificent splendor to greet again your earthly rebirth. The fire of its power contains in itself alone the light, life and love that you make of our planet Earth a luminous, living, and loving creation. As you think of all this, you gaze upon the sun for a few more moments. It finally sinks below the horizon, and with your vision lost in the sunset, you slowly let yourself be absorbed into the infinity of the heavens 
where the evening star has just appeared. As you can see, this attunement with the macrocosm and the manifestations of earth, water, air, and fire in the world of the infinitely great leads us to commune with the infinitely great of cosmic creation. In this kind of attunement, we gradually elevate our consciousness towards the macrocosm, that is, towards elements external to us and transcending the limitations of our physical body. We truly raise the eyes of our consciousness towards higher planes of existence which finally merge us with the immensity, infinity, and immortality of the planetary Logos that we are dependent upon. This raising of consciousness that carries us from earth to heaven attunes us inwardly with the music of the spheres which Pythagoras specifically attributed to the planets of the celestial world that govern us. I shall not elaborate upon just what the music of the spheres truly is, for here again this subject is thoroughly covered in the teachings of the ancient mystical order Rosae Crucis. I shall simply say that the celestial ascent puts us in harmony with certain universal notes which, through an exact harmonic rapport, are united with notes that are an integral part of our physical, psychic, and spiritual rhythm. The foregoing remarks lead me now to define the harmony that we can establish with a microcosm. For obvious reasons, the purpose of this harmony is to penetrate to the depths of our being and have us attune with the rhythm of the creation vibrating within us. This inner rhythm animates all the organs and cells of our physical body and, on a more subtle frequency, all the centers of our psychic body. This means that by concentrating our consciousness upon the organs of our physical body, we automatically stimulate the consciousness of the psychic organs that correspond to them. Just as I suggested that you experiment with the principles of the celestial ascent, in other words, with the extension of consciousness toward the world outside of us, I will now invite you to experience psychic introspection, that is, the concentration of consciousness toward our inner world. The purpose of the celestial ascent is to raise us to the pitch of the planetary and universal rhythm. Psychic introspection must attune us with the organic and cellular rhythm of our physical body and, as a result, with that of our psychic being. Therefore, it corresponds to a curative principle which greatly assists in the process of healing. This experiment is as follows. Concentrate upon the internal warmth of your body. Feel how the temperature suffusing all the organs of your body is constructive, regenerative, and harmonizing. Just as the fire of the sun radiates light, life, and love to our earth, observe how the fire generated within your body warms, vitalizes, and unites the cells at work within each of your organs. Concentrate upon this warmth and let it completely dominate your consciousness. In short, become this warmth yourself and attune with its energy. Now, while your whole being is nothing but warmth, concentrate your consciousness upon the rhythm of your breathing. Be aware of this rhythm and note how it causes each inhalation to be followed by an exhalation, and each exhalation by an inhalation. 
the physical and psychic vitality contained in the air you breathe concentrates itself inside your lungs, and from each lung, this vitality is rhythmically discharged into all the organs and cells of your body. You, yourself, become this breath of life, and let yourself be carried into every part of your being by the regular and harmonious rhythm of your breathing. Fire and air bring warmth and vitality to your body, and likewise, water pours its generative power into your body. Every single cell of your body draws part of its substance from water. All living creatures were born from water, and it is in and through water that life is generated and perpetuated. Feel how present within you this water is, and imagine that your body contains nothing but water, a regenerative and purifying water into which you let yourself be absorbed. You are this water, and this water fills your whole being and purifies it completely. Without the elements of earth that we assimilate through food, our body would have no consistency at all. Each cell receives regularly a certain amount of these elements, which it transmutes into a type of energy that is essential to the proper functioning of our organism. The key word of our cellular life is undoubtedly energy. Feel within you the tingling of this energy and listen to it vibrate inside every cell of your body. This cellular energy combines the heat of fire, the vitality of air, the generation of water, and the substance of earth. Be this energy and bring your warmth, vitality, generation, and consistency into every organ and cell of your body. Such an attunement with the consciousness of the microcosm and the manifestations of earth, water, air, and fire in the world of the infinitesimal can help you to know yourself better, for it enables you to attune with the rhythmic activity of your body and through it with the cosmic rhythm vibrating within you. However, this does not mean that there is a duality of action and reaction in the nature of the cosmic. There is not one cosmic energy acting within us and another one acting outside us. There is only one cosmic essence, and this unique and indivisible cosmic essence functions both within and without us with the same power and the same intelligence. The two forms of attunement which I have suggested that you experiment with are therefore only two complementary methods of achieving cosmic attunement. The great majority of Rosicrucians feel and understand the importance of the periods of cosmic attunement, for they are the key to Rosicrucianism and mysticism in general. In the first place, such periods purify and regenerate our physical, psychic, and spiritual beings. Because of this, as I mentioned at the beginning of this chapter, they bring us closer to the state of peace profound. This means, therefore, that they contribute to the preservation and improvement of health once we have reached the point when we no longer violate with impunity the natural laws working within our being. This also means that they purify our emotional nature and consequently strengthen the vibratory qualities of our psychic being. Finally, 
This also supposes that they increase the magnetic radiance of our spiritual being and make us increasingly aware of God's presence within and around us. In the second place, periods of cosmic attunement open the door to the solution to all our human problems. Perhaps you are too inclined to forget that there is not one single problem that does not already have its solution in the cosmic. Because of this, how can we blame God for not helping us to solve our own problems if, through negligence or laziness, we have not done everything within our power to find the solutions which, I repeat, are waiting for us in cosmic consciousness? Therefore, it is through learning how to contact the higher planes of this consciousness that we can truly attain the mastery of life. In the third place, the goal of the Rosicrucian is to live mysticism, and mysticism, by definition, is the study and the putting into practice of the bond which unites us with the God of our heart. This link being of necessity harmonic and harmonious, it is only through cosmic attunement that we can understand its origin its nature, and the infinite powers which it confers upon the person who masters it. I therefore encourage you to expend every possible effort to live daily the harmonic rapport which unites you with God and His creation, so that, through conscious revelation and illumination, you become forever witnesses and instruments of cosmic harmony and universal peace for your human brothers and sisters and yourselves. So mote it be.